Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. The letter J is the only letter that doesn't appear in the periodic table. Welcome to the Factor. Welcome to the Factor. We have funny games. We got everything one. And there's no name. Welcome to the Factor. That was for one of my co-hosts, Mike, who's a big Bengals fan. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. They refer to the stadium as the jungle. And they yeah. play that song a lot. They do, actually. That's a pretty cool theme song. And my other co-host, who is not a Bengals fan, but likes to see teams win and not like to see teams lose, Pat. Hey, everybody. I just want them all to have fun. Is that too much to ask? It is. It's a lot to ask. Sports aren't supposed to be fun. You can't guarantee fun. You can't make someone have fun. You can guarantee fun. Is that your fact this week? Yeah. That's the Chuck E. Cheese business model. That is true. Try not to smile at the Chuck E. Cheese. I dare you. Yeah. But I'm Alex, and this is the Fact Off Podcast, a weekly podcast where we each bring a random and obscure fact about this, the week's categories, and you, the listeners, get to decide on who wins. This week's category was science and tech. And the winner of last week was Pat, hey. and since he's the winner, he gets to give a victory fact. So, uh, my victory fact, I thought um, you were going to say this fact, but did you know that Pope John Paul II is an honorary Harlem Globetrotter. I did not. Well, actually, I know I knew that because you texted me this morning. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to use it on this, and I texted everybody I knew this morning. <laughs> I don't have any follow-up on how he became an honorary member, but that's I have a uh, fact of the day, and that was the fact today, is that Pope John Paul II is an honorary Harlem Globetrotter. I highly d- doubt he can even dribble a basketball. Really? I think he could. He's always given the ref the business. And uh, I doubt he's even <laughs> been to Harlem. Oh, I'm sure I the think, Pope. <laughs> I think Harlem. he went. Through, yeah, he probably went through New York. Yeah, didn't. Yeah, they do the world. You know, they tour the world. They, okay. They still do that. I, I haven't heard anything about the Pope being an American forever. What? Well, there's been a pandemic going on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're kind of the age of like, uh, if they catch a whiff of it, they're they're gone. Yeah, he's busy balling in Italy. All right, moving on. That was my fact. Right. Thank you, everyone who voted for me. Uh, you have a very special place in my heart. Vote for me this week, too. Yeah. yeah so you're thanking your wife and one of your brothers. <laughs> hey, I won with like two-thirds of the vote, two out of three votes, and one was me and one was my wife, so thank you. <laughs> uh, we are also accepting mail-in votes now for the fact-offs, so let's mail in the mic's Stop address. Stop the vote. Stop <laughs> the vote. Uh, yes, like I said earlier, each week we will bring a fact to you and this week's category was science and tech um pat since you were the winner you get to decide the order i'm gonna go first <gasps> good choice all right so i got a text the other day did you ever get a groundbreaking text that just changes your whole worldview yeah once a week you te- uh, text me the word penis <laughs> yes. and everything changes <laughs> so uh my friend ed texted me the other day and just said did you know that oranges were man-made explain how did you know this, Mike? No. I'm not I talking to you. Like pretty much every fruit we consume is like somehow uh, customized by man some way. Yeah, it's crazy. So not only just – so oranges are a uh, splice between a paloma okay. and a mandarin. And then they just – they breed them together. So anyway, lots of fruits and vegetables were created by man. Everyone says like, you know, all this stuff was given to us. We just go outside and live off the land, but we have to actually do a lot of work for this. 
So here's a list of things that are uh, created by man. This better not be go against my core beliefs that are found in the first chapter of Genesis. <laughs> yep. Oranges, strawberries, eggplants, peanuts, carrots, tomatoes, apples, watermelons, corn, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, and kale. And Facebook. <gasps> and Well, no, Facebook uh, was uh, sent to us by God. If we're making stuff like that tastes well and good for us, why is kale so bad? Yeah, it's a super whatever. What do they call it? A super vegetable? Super food. <laughs> Kale's super actually food. not that bad if you put it in certain dishes, though. It's like it's kind of bad when you think about it a little bit, but then it's not that bad if you don't think about it at all. Well, if you have, if you're ever feeling like <laughs> I haven't chewed enough today, just you get some kale. About, <laughs> you can say that about like murder. Murder's <laughs> bad if you think about it, but if you don't think about it being bad, it's not bad. <laughs> all right, so. I, I, my yeah, fact kale and murder are in the same are in the same category. Like that, I always bring up kale when I bring up murder cases, which is always odd. Yeah. All right. So the fruit, the man-made fruit that I I decided to do my fact on is I don't know if you've heard of this, the banana. You already talked about the banana. It's radiation. Yes. Wait, I I thought you just said you were doing oranges. No, that was the text that got me started. You don't oh. understand. This is two weeks worth because someone was too sick to record last week. Two weeks worth of me researching fruits and go, vegetables. Mike. And this one I thought was a lot more interesting than the orange. So thank you, Ed, for texting me about the orange, which led me down this rabbit hole. Also, oh, if we would have done this podcast last week, it would have been all about oranges. And what if, this week, you're on to bananas. Yeah, I moved on. I'm evolving much like a banana. So, did you know that wild bananas are pretty much inedible? Yeah. What? Say how. <laughs> they just have giant seeds in them that you can't eat. And all like the little pulpy stuff that we enjoy in bananas, there's just not enough of it. So, in like 650 AD in Africa, they decided to start crossbreeding between two different varieties of banana. And then they came up with the banana that we eat today, which is like very pulpy. And have you ever noticed there's no seeds in your bananas? Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I never thought about it. Yeah, so they're actually the little black like dots in your banana, like they're it's all mushy in the center. Those mm-hmm. are the seeds of a banana. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So without any seeds, how do they grow bananas? Hey. Hmm. I'm listening. Okay, so no one knows? Okay, cool. This is good. So do you want us to know? You seem disappointed that we don't know. I didn't fact that no, I didn't know. Us. I'm just throwing this out there to hear like, uh huh, knows. Go on. <laughs> I said how so and other stuff. I just want an interesting thing in there. So, okay. Bananas actually cannot, the bananas that we enjoy and that we eat don't have seeds that can actually be planted. They're asexual plants. So they can't reproduce. So what they do is when a banana tree is growing and side fact, side fact, bananas trees aren't trees. They're herbs. They're just a bunch of bushy, uh, um, leaves mushed together. So they start growing, they cut off a piece of it, they plant that in the ground and grow another one. Cut off a piece of that, plant that in the ground, grow another one. At no point are they diversifying or being fertilized by other, you know, plants or bumblebees or anything. So technically, all the bananas are clones of each other. Yeah, it's a huge problem too, isn't it? Because like, um, if the disease happens, we only have one, like, primary banana you know when i said i wanted you guys to chime in 
I take it back because that was the next part of my fact. <laughs> it's called a fact. So do you think the off. next Terminator movie should be like where they travel back in time and try to destroy the one plant? So the banana. Here, here's this crazy fact. Guess what percentage of bananas that we eat today are the one type of banana that they make? 47. 100%. 99. Closest without going over is Alex. You win. You <laughs> suck it, Mike. They're called Cavendish bananas. And just like Mike said, because they don't diversify, they never evolve. They never build up any resistance to anything new, which is sort of what happens when, you know, um, I guess when you reproduce and stuff. So they're all clones. And back in the 60s, they had a Gros Michel banana. That was the banana of choice. And apparently it was better than the bananas we have today, according to old who. people who ate. Who ate Crow Michelle bananas? Yeah, old people always claim that. Yeah. Um, they said that banana flavored stuff is actually based on that old banana too. I, I think you might have brought that up in the previous episode. Maybe I don't know. I don't no, know. I've I've never heard never that, heard but that. it makes sense. If that's the one they are saying is better than the new banana, that flavor sucks. It does suck. <laughs> it sucks big time. <laughs> you can keep it, old people. Exactly. So, yeah, so in the 60s, the Gros Michel banana was wiped out by the Panama disease uh, fungus. And they're really, right now, the Cavendish, which makes up 99% of our bananas, is facing a similar fungal thing. They're heavily pesticiding it, like 50 sprays a day where it's at. Uh, but obviously, the fungus can evolve and starting to evolve and be resistant to the sprays. So there is a little bit of danger down the road. With these bananas, but then they'll just find other bananas that are immune to the fungus, and then hopefully, hopefully, our grandkids we can complain to them that their bananas aren't as good as our bananas. Yeah, sounds good. I like to complain. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be like, I, bananas suck regardless. So I don't, what? Yeah, bananas yeah, are. Mike's always been anti big banana. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't you know? I've always been anti banana. Yeah, it gets slimy and nasty. What's the name of your fact? Asexual banana. Ah, it's so bad. You should have said, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? Should have been your title. All right, I'll change it to, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? It's spelled like orange, like the knock-knock joke. Also, uh, the thing that happened to the uh, bananas in the 60s is very similar to what happened with the potato famine. So, just to round it out to things I've talked about before on the podcast. I heard, side note on this fact, uh, I also heard, like, the corn that we eat has been, like, so changed over time. It's like they don't know what the original plant for corn was. I read that today. So, and also apples. Like if you take an apple seed from like the your Granny Smith and plant it, it's not going to grow that Granny Smith. It's going to grow a wild apple. So what they do when the apple trees grow and they'll slice, uh, it's like called like graphing, where they'll put cut a branch off like one of those apple trees, like a Granny Smith apple trees, and slice it into another tree, and then it will grow that apple. Stop trying to piggyback on my fact. You're on Applecast. This is a good fact. We're actually debating, talking about stuff. I don't know what we're debating, but we're talking about stuff. Who do you want to go next? Um, I would like Mike. I like Mike. <sighs> Sorry, Alex, but I'm up next. All right, so. <laughs> Got you there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Stay so tuned good. for more sick burns from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire today. On fire. All right, so. Sometimes I go down and visit my family down in Louisiana, and uh, they live kind of near the Gulf of Mexico, so huge fishing area. Um, 
you know, you can drive your boat out to the Gulf of Mexico, lots of good fishing locations, all that. That sounds fun. One day, my uncle said, hey, I found this, like, perfect fishing spot. Like, you'll catch so many fish. Like, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so, we got the whole gang together. We have, like, um, four or five... Little Susie and Billy and everybody was there. Exactly. I got all the cousins together. Alfalfa. <laughs> yeah. Two carloads of people. It was a pretty big boat. Buckwheat. It took all day to get everybody together, get in, get to the golf, and then go out to the fishing spot where the best fishing ever was. We were all getting hyped up the whole way there. So he was just telling us all these stories about how awesome it was. It took you the whole day that you get everybody. It's just like in the movies where they send you out and you like run to everybody's house and you're like, "Hey, we're going fishing in the spot." Mike Mike walked around with his wagon that he spent. We're going, Mike. And they all hop in a wagon. I'm well, sorry, this, continue. This is probably before cell phones, maybe, um, because uh, we're probably calling each other's home phones or like riding our bikes over to each other's houses and saying, "Hey, uh, <laughs> we're going fishing. <laughs> we got this good spot." Put down so, that hoop you're hitting with the stick. <laughs> ringing, the, ringing the bell. Dude, <laughs> the alarm's going off. Fish, fish, fish. I'm excited. I'm sorry for keep interrupting us. Oh, no, it's great. And <laughs> so we followed his stupid fishing GPS uh, all the way out there. It probably Before felt... South as Coast, a kid, you have a GPS? <laughs> yeah. As a kid, it felt probably like two or three hours, but it probably was more like an hour. Um, but, you know, everything feels like an eternity when you're a kid. It's true. So we get all the way out there, and you just see this confused look on my uncle's face. He's just like looking around. He uh, he's trying to find his fishing spot, and he realizes that the tide is out. No. So his fishing spot is doesn't doesn't exist at this current time. So we'd have to wait. Damn you, moon! Exactly, <laughs> damn you, moon. So my fact is about tides. Explain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was just leading it in. Um, I like it. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so we normally think of tides as being like the ocean, right? So the or moon, um, how, how tides typically work <laughs> is when the moon is facing that side of the earth, the ocean bulges out a little bit towards the moon because of the gravitational pull. <laughs> yeah, it does. Obvious. <laughs> you like the bulging of the earth, right? I love a good bulge. He does. He does. So, you know, that's that's the most known. It's very simple. Like, everybody should know about the tides by now. How'd they um, figure that out? How's that obvious? What do you mean? How's that obvious? Because one day, uh, there was Bill Tide. No, this is a complete... I'm going to look it up later. I don't know how they figured no, it out. No, one day, Bill Tide was like, you know what? I'm just going to follow the moon around all day. And he noticed where we'd come and the water would change when he was following the moon. And he caught it the tide. So, anyways, the, I, I'm we're, we're we're getting off on a tangent here, but what I'm really getting at is because we've all heard about the tide, um, but I'm here to talk about something different. I'm here to talk about the Earth tide. Have you heard of the Earth tide? Some call it the land tide. I've even heard some ti- scientists call it. And this one's my favorite: the crustal tide. Sounds kind of disgusting. Crustal <laughs> tide sounds like a, like. A- you should get it checked like, out. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you do not want. <laughs> you don't want the crustal tide, honestly. Um, so much like the tide tide, which I'm not talking about the detergent. I'm talking about the water one. Um, the sun and the moon's gravitational pull on the earth 
actually moves the land itself. What? Yeah. And that's not something I ever even thought of or baloney. <laughs> yeah. So like this. when, when the moon is on that side of earth, the ground can move up to 12 inches twice a day, which is pretty crazy. But like when you're thinking about how large the earth is, you would, you would never ever notice like that movement at all. Well, Cause aren't we lifting up with it? I guess. Yeah, we're lifting up with it, so you never would notice it. And actually, scientists use um, that twice a day Earth movement to like kind of tune their to- like their tools they use to like study s- like seismic waves and stuff like that in the Earth. So what if the up and down. Earth is just a giant egg for like a giant, you know, giant monster, and it's breathing, and then eventually it'll crack. Sorry, I'm giving away the. Uh, premise of the eternals <laughs> if you think about it, the earth's not like perfectly round and that's it's kind of just changes shape over like the day um but like uh, they said that so if you live in new york city new york city itself can rise upwards of 14 inches in, in, in one day which is crazy to think of um, because it, it's on a coast or what yeah I, I don't know but that's i think that's just like um I think when they said the 12 inches thing, that that's more like on a uh, average. Because New York thinks you're so special. New Yorkers are always bragging about their two extra inches. Um, always. I, I mean, I would, really. I would, too. Yeah, all the time. So, <laughs> I have this, but then I also have an extra two I can add on. <laughs> you can technically add it on. Just pull out the ruler at the right time. Um so how important is this all? It's not really... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this is not really important because you never really notice it. You don't really see it at all. Um, but I, I was thinking, like, does this... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't see. Alex was just raised 16 inches off the ground. Um, does this affect, like, earthquakes? Like you were saying earlier, like, the Earth's just going to break open. Um, or does it affect vol- volcanic uh, activity or anything like that? And... They're actually doing like lots of studies to find out like if this crustal tide is a, uh, causes earthquakes, and they actually found some evidence that it causes small like micro uh, quakes, and they haven't found any evidence that says that it causes larger earthquakes. But they found that it does cause like um, if you live near a volcano or anything like that, volcanoes become more active around that time. So. It does affect volca- volcanic eruptions and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's my fact. Uh, my fact is called Crustal Tide. Does this have anything to do with that movie I just heard about that's releasing in theaters like tomorrow called Moonfall? <laughs> no. God, no. Crustal Tide. No one can compare me to Roland Emmerich. Is that who's making it? I just saw a commercial and it's like coming out tomorrow. Like, he, he's a lot he's... better of a man than me. He he made uh uh what was it Independence Day? So you know I could never make Ooh, that. Ooh, I'm listening. I was wondering why it looked like Independence Day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or or Day After Tomorrow or any of his other movies. Yeah. Day After Tomorrow I did not like. I think I most people would say they didn't like. Mo- uh, it's ninety percent of Roland Emmerich's movies. If you say you didn't like Independence Day, you're a liar. So, my facts ne- is next. <laughs> Wait, don't I get to tell you it's next? Oh, Alex, yeah, Pat, you're you're oh, okay, it's me. <laughs> Thanks for remembering that Alex was here, Pat. I forget. He's a very forgettable person. 
Yeah. So, you guys like food. Yeah. You eat food. Yep. How, how could you tell? Well, because everybody eats food. It's not a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's a thing like, oh, I don't eat food. Well, everybody so, eats food. some people are actually, uh, like, I think my wife has said that she, um, if she could, she would just not ever eat again. She said that's just like one of those things where it just is a time waste. Really? What else do you deal with your time? Yeah, I don't understand. I'm like, how how could you not enjoy food? Like, when I'm, like, getting excited about food, she's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but you get all horned up with your thing. Yeah, you do get a little horny when you're like, oh, we're having spinach and cauliflower for dinner. And you start rubbing yourself. I don't live your life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This sounds horrible. Oh, what was that thing you like? The pork thing. I eat meat. The king pork and sandwich. Yeah, pork's law. He's pretending like he's never eaten a, a slice of meat in his entire life. We all know that's a lie. True. I don't yeah. remember. He's not going to act. <laughs> I don't pretend I haven't eaten meat. <laughs> I've eaten meat with him. Okay. <laughs> um, But I'm sure both of you guys, well, maybe not Mike, because I know he's anti this Just get to your invention. The invention I'm going to tell you about today <laughs> is the microwave. How am I anti the microwave? I thought you were like anti microwave no. food or something like that. I think it's great. You're anti like instant food. No. I eat, I, I eat a Freshly almost every day of the week. I think we should get sponsored by Freshly even. But yes. I know you're anti instant mashed potatoes. That's not a microwave project, is it? I'm not saying. I know you're anti like quick food sometimes. I know his wife doesn't like eating. <laughs> In fact... She might be dead. Uh, go check on her. So, that's a side note. How does the microwave work? How does it heat up your food? It's called dielectric heating. So, it's food that is exposed to electromagnetic radiation in the microwave spectrum, which causes molecules in the food to rotate. Mm-hmm. This causes the molecules to collide with each other and raise the kinetic energy, which is, appears to be heat. So, it cooks. Cool. Yeah, so that's why your food needs to have moisture in it to cook in the microwave, because if it doesn't have moisture, it doesn't have those molecules molecules to move yeah. around. So, like, that's why you need to have high moisture content food in the microwave, or it won't properly cook at all. Uh, is that why people like wet pizzas? What? People, like, dr- put water on pizzas to make it extra. I think it helps cook it better. Yeah, so the mo- little bit it out of extra more. moisture gets, yeah, it helps the, like, the electrons and all that stuff to move around. There used to be a thing where like people would keep a cup of water in the microwave. I think it was like an early design of microwaves that people would keep a cup of water on. So if you turned on the microwave and there was nothing in it, it would cause issues. But that's not a thing anymore. But you still see some like older people do it. So using microwaves to cook food in this fashion, <laughs> they're like heating, wasn't the first thing. So, in 1934, they had the idea of using high-frequency electrical fields. But these use lower frequencies that are lower than microwaves and didn't really work out. So, then we cut to 1940. And a young man by the name of Sir John Turner Randall in England, he developed a thing called the multi-cavity magnetron. The multi-cavity magnetron? (laughs) That sounds gross. Magnetron. Magnetron. I thought it was Megatron at first, and I got excited. This, but it's this isn't a sex toy or anything like that. No, this 
is actually a very important invention. One of the greatest inventions of his of the time. So what it, they used it for was during World War Two, they used it, for, it like revolutionized radar. So the Allies had so much better radar technology because they could make it smaller, shorter antennas, and like change the game. They say it's credited with why the one of the reasons why the Allies won the war was this invention. I thought we won because we're the United States. Well, they said like if the America if America didn't kick ass and mess everybody up. And we didn't have this. We would have lost the war. They're like, it, they cut it in there. And the strong so, ladies working in the factory with the huge muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, it was, like, such a game changer that it pretty much, like, they said, like, uh, like the radar system was so much better that it helped win the war. And this guy became say, a knight because he discovered it. Yeah, Wait, he's not British, American? British technology, right? Yeah, he was a British guy. I take back. Whatever. It like wasn't American. American. I did say, I said to say, so, John... But yeah, it was it was actually really important because of like because England is on an island and they'd constantly get like uh, air raids um, from the mainland. So that's how they knew when to. So like whenever they get they got bombed, they knew exactly when the planes are coming so they could all go underground or get cover. So that's why there's very few casualties when they had all those bombing strikes from like uh, Germany because they knew exactly when the the bombers were coming and and they could they could take cover and they also sent their kids off to the countryside why we have the chronicles of narnia fact but like it was a revolution so america was on the same side as the uk if people know history uh so the us was given like this technology to help produce and manufacture it for the war and one day, like, a guy had a hungry man's dinner sitting outside next to the antenna, and he noticed it started, like, smoking. Is that part of the story? No, well, it's, the, guy, the guy's name was John Hungry Man. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> That's not that funny. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so one of the companies that was producing it, and it's still around, I don't know if it's a good company or not. I don't know. It seems like they make a lot of weapons and stuff. But Raytheon it was a company that was a leading producer of these multi-cavity megatron, magnetrons. So then enter this guy, Percy Spencer in 1945. He was a self-taught engineer working for the company and he was working on microwaves one day. Wait, who and taught he him? Noticed he taught himself. Oh, okay, I just wanted to be clarified. Yeah. Everything I saw said he was self-taught. Like, it was like it was such a big deal. He had a library card. One day he was like... Uh, it was like they were working on microwaves and it was going and radar stuff. And he noticed that the chocolate bar and he had it in his pocket started to melt. Dang, I was close. I said hungry you were man close. dinner, but it was actually a chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, so he, and he's like, oh, maybe these microwaves are cooking my chocolate bar. They kind of had that idea already. Did this guy also get like a bad case of testicle cancer? He said he had the biggest penis of all time. <laughs> Uh, then he tried corn and it popped and then he tried an egg and it exploded Wait, and then he was he like created you know popcorn? no over and out popcorn no, that's come on get, get your facts straight yeah Pat so then he was like you know what these can cook this stuff but it's nothing cook it like fast enough we need a way to keep it in one area I'll put it in a giant metal box and that's what he did <laughs> and then he patented the idea for the microwave and the first microwave was placed in the Boston restaurant. 
they, they, they tried it out. And then the first commercially built uh, microwave by Radeon, Raytheon, they built it, was the Radarange. range. In 1947, it was 5 feet 10 inches tall, Jeez. weighed 749 pounds, and cost $5,000. <laughs> Dang. And then over... And over time, they got smaller and all. They said the, like, in the 60s, I think it was Little, L-I-D-D-E-L is the one who made, like, the standout microwave. And everybody was like, you know what? We'll just give it to that. That's the microwave now. <laughs> so all the designs are kind of based off that now. Yeah, I don't think I need a walk-in microwave. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to accidentally cook a friend. They, I saw a thing where they said the microwave is the number one invention for, like, convenience. Of like the past like hundred years because it that really made life easier. You can cook so much stuff so much faster. Like there's like mo- like there's a lot of misconceptions about the microwave. Like it's dangerous, which is not at all. No, it's not true. Um, and like part of the big thing about the microwave, it it cooks everything easy e- evenly. So like you know how you have like your oven where the heat's coming up from like the bottom, or if you, the boil is cooking stuff from the top. Like the microwave is actually cooking everything at the same time. Fun fun fact about that. Um, it's actually, you know, you have the spinning plate. Yeah. It's actually best to put the food you're cooking on the outside of the plate, not the middle. You get, you get a more even cook when it's on the outside. Why is that? Just because it, uh, the food rotates at a, a more, you know, wider circumference. So it's not like just in, in the middle. So the same, so when you have it in the middle, it's just, why even have a tray, you know? That makes sense because then it's just like kind of spinning around in a circle. Yeah. But it was, I saw it was like somewhere like in the 80s, it was like 20% of people had microwaves. And then like by 97, it was like over 90% of Americans had microwaves. It really like took off. And... No, I think I think microwaves are actually really good. And it just if you, you just have to know like how long to cook things in it. Like sometimes yeah. people like put things in way too long and it ruins it. Or, you know, you just have to know. What do you think about people who say uh, toaster ovens are better than microwaves? Those people are liars and don't want to admit that microwaves are great. I think people don't understand like how microwaves work, which is what people are scared of. It keeps me up at night. How's my microwave no, but work? I, like when you're thinking about it, it is these multi-cavity magnetrons that are sending these waves that's cooking the molecules. You know, with a toaster oven, they're like, oh, I can see the things heat up. Yeah. yeah. You know? So like and like I think that's why people like were afraid of it because it's kind of like really like it kind of is just like magic, but we understand what like frequencies and waves are now, you know. Then yeah. So if you could keep one, the toaster oven, the microwave, or an air fryer, what's the one appliance you would keep? My order would be microwave, air fryer, toaster oven. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I've never used an air fryer, so I'd have to put that third. Oh. <laughs> I never used one. I don't know. What if I don't like it? What? You're not it's, living. It's not living. It just cooks stuff faster than the oven. Yeah. So it does. I made some crispy wings in there tonight. Ooh, we made shrimp last night in it. It was good. Nice. Um, But my fact is called The Mighty Waves of Micro. You get a slow clap for that one. The Mighty Waves of Micro. The only reason I do this podcast is to come up with titles for my facts. 
Yeah, I always come up with a bad one, and then someone comes up with a better one for me. Yeah. So, that's the episode we have for you tonight. You can vote for Pat's Fact. Aren't you glad you didn't say banana? Or should it be, aren't you glad you said banana? It should be that. Aren't you glad I said banana? That makes sense. I was putting you because... Aren't I glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad I said banana? You said you, referring to me. (laughs) (laughs) You should have said me, referring to you. (laughs) Mike's fact was crustal tide. On, it should have been on stra- Stranger Crustal Ties. That would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, something like that. And then the winning fact of the week was the mighty wave of micros. I don't want to sound biased, but I really feel like I'm about, I'm going to win again. No, you're going to sound biased. People are like, that Pat's really, really conceited. It's not modest at all. Now, uh, Pat's going to roll to see what next week is. I was uh, Before you roll, I was going to institute a rule that's on the podcast that we don't do the same category twice in a row. We're already kind of doing that, but throwing it out there. And just like you threw that out there, I'm going to throw the dice. <laughs> it is a one. Is that the same thing we just rolled? <laughs> you just did. Hey, what are the odds I don't... One and six, I guess. <laughs> Three. History. Uh, <laughs> do we just do history? H- history is like a wide-swathing topic, so I think we could, we could do it. It is a swathing ta- topic. I'm going to do uh, current events like I did in high school, just pick up the Metro and <laughs> read whatever's <laughs> on the front page. Sounds good to me. All right, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for voting for me in particular. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Fact Off. You can check us out on all the social media sites except for TikTok at Fact Off Pod. Mike, is that it? Yeah, at Fact Off Pod on Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget to vote. Yeah, vote on FactOffPodcast.com. Or you can just click like the link in the show notes from each episode and go vote. Um, even on past episodes, go vote. Change the vote. Shake it up. Mike, once a day, checks the voting. I've looked back. I think I'm winning all the old votes. We should uh, go back through and see if uh, anything changed. Um, yeah. W- one of the episodes. And uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Again, give us as many stars as possible. And if you want to give us more, go to those companies' headquarters and demand to give us more. Yeah. Go on stars. I want as many stars yeah. as like... Um, God promised children in the Bible to uh, whatever that character guy was. Abraham? Yeah. Whatever that guy character was in the Bible. (laughs) Let's always end on a vague fact. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good night. Good Good night.